Hello everyone, I'm Nathan and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for September the 20th, 2023. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org org forward slash talking dash news as a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD. Simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902-880-111. We hope you enjoy this week's edition. Reading for you this week, we have myself, Nathan, Angela, Christine, Ian, Helen, Mina, Pete, Simon, and of course, can't forget, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, the quiz with Mina, from epic 18-foot sunflowers to some polar bear jokes that need your seal of approval, we have the latest local news for the black country, a did you know section from Flashback Roger, the latest football news for both West Brom and Wolves, We have another bulletin of practical information and sight loss tips from Pete. We also have again the wet weather for the week ahead. I mean the weather for the week ahead. And with the autumn equinox now, we have an article sharing some tips on things to do in the garden this month. Local news to start though with Ian and Christine. But first, Angela. After a spate of brutal and sadly fatal dog attacks in the region last week, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has pledged to ban the XL bully dog by the end of the year. Prime Minister released a message last Friday in which he vowed to ban the breed shortly after West Midlands Ambulance Service confirmed the victim of the most recent attack had died. Rishi Sunak confirmed the ban after the three attacks, but denied he had taken too long to act. He said, The American XL bully dog is a danger to our communities, particularly our children. I share the nation's horror at the recent videos we've all seen. We have seen another suspected XL bully dog attack, which has tragically led to a fatality. It is clear that this is not about a handful of badly trained dogs. It's a pattern of behaviour and it cannot go on. While owners already have a responsibility to keep their dogs under control, I want to reassure people that we are urgently working on ways to stop these attacks and protect the public. Today, I have tasked ministers to bring together police and experts to firstly define the breed of dog behind these attacks, with the view to then outlawing it. We will then ban the breed. These dogs are dangerous. I want to reassure the public that we will take all necessary steps to keep people safe. Downing Street denied the government has taken too long to ban American XL bully dogs. Asked whether ministers had dragged their heels on commencing work to outlaw the breed, the Prime Minister's official spokesman said, I wouldn't accept that. I think we've obviously been doing some policy work on this, and you heard from the Home Secretary recently about how to take this forward. The incidents have sparked a national outcry and a heated debate over whether the breed should be banned in the UK. 
West Midlands Police has also released figures showing a spike in dog attacks in the region. There have been almost 5,000 dog attacks in the region in the last five years, equating to a five-year spike in dog attacks since 2018. The recent figures are rendered even more shocking by the events of the last week. A total of 4,978 dog attacks have been reported by West Midlands Police since 2018, with 1,112 in the year 2022 alone. The figures show that in 2018 a total of 671 dog attacks were registered by West Midlands Police, with 761 attacks registered the year after. In 2020, 761 dog attacks were again registered in the West Midlands, jumping to 975 in 2021. The figures spiked again in 2022 with West Midlands Police registering 1,112 dog attacks in the West Midlands alone, leading to a total of 4,978 dog attacks in the last five years. Despite the PM's announcement to ban the XL Bully by the end of the year, the Dogs Trust is one of the organisations disputing calls to ban the breed, although it said the number of incidents in recent years is concerning. A Dogs Trust spokesperson said, We are concerned by the number of incidents that appear to involve XL wool types and agree that steps need to be taken to protect the public. However, Adding another dog to the list of banned breeds is not the right approach. Banning them will simply make room for another type of dog to fill the space left by the XL bull types and the cycle will be repeated. The organisation went on to say that dog control laws need to be overhauled and replaced with laws that allow for early intervention. The dog charity continued, The Dangerous Dogs Act, with its list of banned types, has been in place for over 30 years and is clearly not working. That's why Dogs Trust want to see the current dog control laws overhauled and replaced with one law that allows for early intervention, has a focus on the prevention of dog bites incidents and includes measures that deter and punish owners of dogs whose behaviour is dangerous. We will continue to look for reform in existing dog control laws until we are satisfied that any new measures are preventative, breed neutral and effective and ultimately protect both dogs and people alike. Up next we hear from Helen who as usual has our latest Beacon update. Hi everyone, it's Helen from Beacon, back with your weekly update. I hope you are keeping well and enjoying autumn, although at times it definitely still feels distinctly like summer. Can't make up my mind about what I feel about that, to be honest. But talking about autumn, are you ready to go bright for Beacon? Yep, Bright for Sight Day is back and will be taking place in about a month's time. All you need to do to get involved is wear a bright outfit on Thursday, October the 12th. That's our Bright for Sight day. Donate what you can to Beacon and tag us in your pictures. It's an easy way to show your support and help spread the message that bright colours and good contrast help people to make the most of any sight they have. Find out more on our website www.beaconvision.org forward slash bright hyphen for hyphen sight. Next, do you or someone you know fancy joining Team Beacon? We're currently recruiting for a senior care and support worker. If you'd like to join our team delivering compassionate and relationship-centered care, you can find out more and apply on our website www.beaconvision.org forward slash jobs. Now, I've got some exciting news to share with you. We're delighted to reveal that we've been shortlisted for a visionary award for our work to expand our community transport service with our friends at the Community Transport Association. We increased the number of people using our service so that more visually impaired people could get to more places 
through the Tackling Loneliness Through Community Transport Project. Visionary is the national membership organisation for local sight loss charities. So we're incredibly honoured to have made the shortlist for the 2023 Develop and Share Award alongside some other amazing charities. The winner will be announced later this month, so keep your fingers crossed. And if you'd like to find out anything else about our transport service, give us a call 01902 880111. Now, last this week, we will be trying our hand at Crown Green Bowling later this month when we head to Dudley Sports Club. If you fancy joining us on September the 29th, get in touch. 01902-880-111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org to find out more. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for that update, Helen. Next up, we have another block of local news. Wolverhampton icon was given a surprise after being shown an autograph he gave more than six decades ago. Hugh Porter was visiting a group at the All Saints Action Network, ASAN, with his wife Anita Lonsborough when he was shown an autograph he gave to Georgina Mahoney back in 1960 following his victory in a cycling race. Hugh had been competing in the North Wolverhampton Road Race in July 1960 and had finished at the Golden Lion in Low Hill when he was approached by a young girl asking for his autograph on the back of a photo of her father. Georgina, who is now 75, said she had been a 13-year-old watching the race and had run into the pub asking her father, Thomas Rolls, for a something that Hugh could sign. She said, I remember a lot of people inside the pub, including my dad, and I ran in and said, Daddy, I need some paper, as I wanted to get Hugh's signature. So he pulled out a photo of himself from his pocket and given it to me, and I got Hugh to sign that. I knew about him at the time as I followed him and Anita Lonsborough, who was a hero of mine as I was a keen swimmer. And when I found out they were coming in today, I wanted to bring the photo with me. I never imagined 63 years later I'd ever get the chance to do this, but it's lovely to be able to meet Hugh and Anita, and I think my dad would have loved it as he was a keen sportsman himself. He said... That race was a sort of classic around the area, going on a circuit along Bushbury and Sandy Bank and finishing at the Golden Lion. We used to get changed there as well, so I think that's where they might have seen me, and I still remember the group of us at the front and the crowds down there which were phenomenal. It was a great surprise to see this today and really nice for Georgina to bring it in as it brought back so many memories for me as a 20-year-old in that race. The two city icons were also presented with special personalised comfort dolls by Age UK Wolverhampton as part of a relaunch of the project by the charity which works to help support older people across the city. The two dolls were designed to look as close to the couple as possible, with Hughes wearing a rainbow jersey, prize for a world champion cyclist, while Anita's wore a pink cardigan and had fair coloured hair. Both Hugh and Anita said they were really pleased with how their dolls looked and praised the project. Hugh said, I think it's super, and they've managed to get the rainbow stripes which only a world champion in cycling can wear, exactly right in terms of the colour. 
project itself is amazing and the ladies involved were telling me how many they make and the fact that they give them to people and it helps with dementia is wonderful and the hours they spend doing this is something to be admired. I also think it's extremely flattering that they chose myself and Anita for the dolls for the relaunch. So thank you very much for that. Anita said, I think the doll is really lovely and I wish I had hair like that these days. But anything that helps people who are disadvantaged is good and nice to be involved with. I think the ladies here do a brilliant job and it's not only helping the people with dementia but it's helping them too as they are sitting together and chatting so I think it helps everyone all around. It was a way for Age UK Wolverhampton to fully relaunch the project which provides the dolls for free to dementia patients across Wolverhampton and which can have a major therapeutic effect for patients after a period of inactivity. Project manager June Thomas has taken over the running of the group which now numbers about five volunteers who meet on a Tuesday to cut, sew and create the dolls which come with a name and a range of looks. Ms Thomas said it was nice to be able to get the project back up and running again and spoke about the plans going forwards. She said, I've taken over the group and got some new ladies into the group but we are always on the lookout for new volunteers particularly volunteers with ideas to come and make the dolls. We also want to get them out into the community, ideally individuals, but also care homes as they can request them. It was great to be able to make the doll replicas of Hugh and Anita, and we want to showcase this work to get more dolls out into the community and help give comfort to people who suffer from dementia. To find out more about the Comfort Dolls project and to order a doll, go to ageuk .org.uk slash Wolverhampton slash our hyphen services slash comfort hyphen dolls hyphen for hyphen dementia. Former Wolves captain Jodie Craddock has created and donated a unique piece of art to help raise money for the Samaritans. He has joined 150 other artists and celebrities, including Joe Lysis and Keith Lemon, in a charity campaign to fundraise for the Samaritans. The celebrities were tasked with creating a piece of art out of a basic campervan stencil drawn by fellow artist Sarah Graham. The designs were then donated as part of the Samarivans campaign to help raise money for the charity and spread awareness of the services it provides. Jody's design, which he titled Party Bus, is a reflection of the former footballer's own artwork, but with a positive spin. It will be auctioned online alongside all the other Samarivans artwork on the 22nd of September. Other celebrities who showcased their artistic flair for charity included James Bay, Kaiser Chiefs frontman Ricky Wilson, Kim Wilde, Timmy Mallet, Sue Pollard and Valerie Singleton. Jodie, who made 237 appearances for Wolves over 10 years, said, Looking after our mental health is just as important as our physical health, although sometimes it can be overlooked. Samaritans is often a lifeline to so many individuals and provides invaluable support at moments of crisis. When I had the chance to support an amazing charity and combine it with my love of art and camper vans, it was a resounding yes please. We never truly know what struggles those around us are dealing with. Sometimes that smile can hide a million worries of what they are feeling inside and sometimes we find this out too late to help. Since leaving his playing days behind, Jody has spent time creating contemporary and photorealistic pieces of art. Isla Horton, branch director at the Samaritans North Hearts and Stevenage, said, We are so grateful to Jody for contributing to the Samaritans project. People in all different parts of the country are finding things tough right now, and we are hoping this campaign will help everyone remember that Samaritans is there for them in times of crisis. Jody's Samarivan is wonderful and I'm sure his many fans will be itching to bid for it. 
What an opportunity to own an incredible one-off artwork while supporting a good cause. Anyone wishing to bid on the one-of-a-kind piece can find more information at shop.saragraham.info forward slash collections forward slash Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers Did You Know feature. But for now, these are your questions. Here we go. Question 1. How many brains does an octopus have? Question 2. What is Barbie's full name? Question 3. How heavy is a blue whale's heart? Question four, what is it impossible to do if you hold your nose? Question five, what is the filling inside a Kit Kat made from? And finally, question six, why are Heinz 57 products so-called. I will be back with you later in the show to answer all your questions. But for now, best of luck. Cheers for those questions, Mina. Mm, I'll get my mind working on them. Up now, however, is another block of local news. A paramedic stabbed on duty said practicing circus skills had been life-changing for her recovery. West Midlands ambulance service worker Dina Evans was attacked in Wolverhampton in 2020 while carrying out a welfare check. She believes learning to perform with silks and aerial hoops has accelerated her rehabilitation by several years. There's no way I'd be at the recovery stage I am now without doing this, Ms Evans from Willenhall said. I'd still be doing my basic physio, struggling to change gear in the car. Ms Evans practices aerial hoop and silks in training. The mum of three spent two days in hospital after the attack on the 6th of July 2020. The paramedic suffered nerve damage after doctors cut through her chest wall muscles to remove a clot from the wound. The muscles had all been taken apart and put back together again, so they were really weak and fragile, which had affected the nerves into my arm around my side, Ms Evans said. She decided a routine of physio treatment and gentle stretching was not me and started attending challenging classes at the Jewels Academy in Dudley. She believes the new regime has helped her return to fitness. Coming to Jewels and the classes that I do has improved my recovery to the point where you would say life-changing, she said. Three years ago, 
I'm sat at home crying, too scared to go to the shop, and not being able to lift a kettle or dry my hair. Recovery would perhaps have taken five years, so to get to this stage in a couple of years, it's quite relieving, really. Jade Marissa Flash, director at the Jewels Academy, said she was proud of her student. I just can't believe how far she's come, she said. She's so strong. She's like a power woman. Local juggler Simeon Graham has joined a list of new achievers in the new edition of the Guinness World Records. The 15-year-old from the Black Country is among 2,638 records in the 2024 edition. The juggler who learned his skill at Circus Mash in Birmingham has achieved three Guinness World Records titles for the most juggling catches in one minute with five, six and seven objects. He has been juggling since he was seven years old and was inspired by his record-breaking juggling idols to make records of his own. At just 11, he appeared at Gandhi's Circus at Butlins in Minehead, where he honed his skills among professional entertainers. Other Midland record breakers include Tom Enoch, 18, who has Down syndrome. He holds 24 fitness-related Guinness World Records titles under the publication's impairment classifications. He completed 25 squats in 30 seconds to achieve the record for the most squats done in this time and lifted 275 kilograms to achieve the record for the most weight squat lifted in 30 seconds. During lockdown, Mr Enoch, who will soon be qualified as a fitness coach, set up online fitness classes, TomFit, which he continues to teach online and at his after-school club. The 2024 edition of Guinness World Records is the final instalment with a cover created by artist Rod Hunt. Craig Glenday, the editor-in-chief at Guinness World Records, said, Only a small percentage of claims have made it through the selection process, so the 2,638 records featured in the book really are the cream of this year's crop. I say it every year, but it's the best edition yet. A pair of Ford Capris which had a starring role in television action series The Professionals have sold for a world record £186,000. The 1984 Capris, driven by undercover agents William Bodie and Ray Doyle in the fast-paced espionage series, were sold by locally-based iconic auctioneers. It is the highest price ever paid for a Ford Capri, comfortably beating the 55000 previously paid for another Capri which appeared in the series. The winning bid actually fell short of the two hundred to £230,000 guide price prior to the sale but still represents a remarkable return on the modest cars which would have cost just £6,147 when they were new. The Professionals, which ran from 1977 to 83, not only turned black country-born Martin Shaw into a national heartthrob, it also made Ford's run-of-the-mill coupe into a cult car rivalling the Dukes of Hazard's General Lee. Millions would tune in each week to see tyre-squealing car chases with Shaw's character Doyle driving the solar gold Capri, which featured in the auction, while Bodie, played by Lewis Collins, drove the Strato silver car. The silver car also had the distinction of having more screen time than any other car used in the series. The series centred around the fictitious criminal intelligence department number 5, or CI5. The unit, a portmanteau of CID and MI5, was set up to tackle terrorism and organised crime. 
led by fiery ex-army officer George the Cow Cowley, played by Gordon Jackson, most episodes would see hot-headed ex-police officer Doyle and cold, calculating former SAS man Bodie going undercover to foil terror plots and infiltrate crime gangs. The Capris were involved in countless car chases or were where Bodie and Doyle exchanged macho banter during tedious stakeouts. The cars have both been in the ownership of a private collector since 2006 and were restored in 2021. A 1989 Middlebridge Scimitar GTE, which briefly achieved tabloid notoriety after Princess Anne was caught speeding twice in successive days, failed to sell in the sale, having been listed with a guide price of twenty to £25,000. The Princess's fondness for the Scimitar GTE, originally built by Staffordshire-based Reliant, was portrayed in a memorable scene in Netflix drama The Crown where she is seen singing Queen's hit Don't Stop Me Now as she bombs down the road in a car identical to the one on sale. More local news to follow, but now we have another bulletin of practical information and sight loss tips from Pete. If you're struggling with reading and need a magnifier, Have you ever considered a video magnifier, or sometimes known as a digital magnifier? Well, we can have a range of video magnifiers that you can come in and try. Now, a video magnifier, you can increase or decrease the magnification so you can turn it up a bit, or you can turn it up quite a lot to help you read. You can change contrast settings on a video magnifier so you can look at something in true colour or you could change the contrast to black on white or white on black or yellow on black or black on yellow. It's whatever works best for you so there's a range of combinations there that you can try to find the right one. You can also freeze images on a video magnifier. So let's say there's um, something in your fridge, a piece of some food You could take a little picture because the angle's a bit difficult to read of it and then bring the magnifier away and then zoom it up. So if it's something like the sell-by dates or ingredients on food, you can read it comfortably there. So video magnifiers range from small handheld magnifiers you can sit comfortably in an armchair to read with up to medium-sized ones which is about the size of laptops and then there's desktop magnifiers with big, large 24-inch screens which really make magnification strong. So, if you would like to try a video magnifier to see if that would help you, you're very welcome to. Just call Beacon's Sight Loss Advisors for an appointment. And remember, bring something you struggle to read with you. So if you'd like to try a video magnifier, give us a call on 01902 880 and ask for a Sight Loss Advisor. 01902 880111 Up next, let's have another block of local news. Residents in areas across the Black Country complained of a strong smell lingering in the air last week. The stench emanating from various areas of the Black Country was best described as fishy. People living in Sedgley, Gornal, Woodcross, Coesley, Tipton and Penn took to social media to complain about the stench, with people comparing the smell to burnt fish and rotting meat. While an official cause has not been confirmed, debates among local residents suggest the smell could have emanated from recently fertilised fields. One local resident commented, It's probably sewage sludge, treated sewage, being spread close by on arable land. This will be happening a lot over the next month or so. 
Another suggested it's fertiliser, fish meal or bone from someone who grew up rurally and is practically nose blind to these sorts of smells now. A nice reminder of the importance of no farmers equals no food. We need them, but hopefully the wind will start blowing in the other direction for you soon. And one person joked, what a load of pollocks. Councils must investigate complaints about smell from industrial, trade and business premises that could be a statutory nuisance covered by the Environmental Protection Act 1990. For the smell to count as a statutory nuisance, it must do one of the following. Unreasonably and substantially interfere with the use or enjoyment of a home or other premises or injure health or be likely to injure health. A story not to be sniffed at, quite literally. Time now for something a little kinder on the nose, with hints of honey, vanilla and light fruitiness, as a black country pensioner and his garden have become a hotbed of attraction. The soil is strong for Ray Civita, who has grown 40 giant sunflowers in the back garden of his bungalow in Hales Owen, with the highest measuring an epic 18 foot tall. The 82-year-old said he had taken to gardening as a result of ankle replacement, which meant he couldn't go to rock and roll concerts anymore and left him needing to find something to do, particularly when the COVID pandemic started. He said, I can't do rock and roll anymore, so I took to my garden as I live on my own since my wife died, and during the pandemic, when we were all in lockdown, I started gardening properly. I planted the seeds for the sunflowers last year and couldn't believe what was happening when they started growing, and I amazed myself with the height of the sunflowers. People come from all around to see them, and the school kids come around to have a look, so I really think it's created a proper buzz in the community. Mr Civita said he wanted to try and beat the British record, grown by Richard Hope of Wigan, who set the record in 2012 with a 26-foot-tall flower. He said the secret to the growth of the flowers was the water he used, saying that tap water wasn't right, so he had to go further afield. He said, I was going to keep this top secret, but you shouldn't use tap water as they put something in it and it's not right. What I do is use mountain water, going down to Malvern to get it as it's pure and runs directly down from the mountain, and it works really well. I was only expecting one or two of them to grow like that, but I've ended up with 40 of them and they are really so amazing to see. Wow, an 18-foot sunflower. That's the same size as a polar bear standing on its hind legs, with another furry friend on their shoulders. I guess you could call them solar bears. <laughs> if that unbearably cool fact didn't quite break the ice, don't press pause just yet. As Staffordshire County Council has treated three local polar bears to a truckload of their favourite toys, traffic cones. <laughs> Peak Wildlife Park's newest residents really enjoy playing with things that float. So what better welcome gift than 30 damaged traffic cones that would have otherwise been thrown away? Highways crew members Wayne Bridget and Paul Williams from Leek handed over the cones to the Wildlife Park last week. Zookeeper at Peak Wildlife Park, Reese Greenhouse, said, These boys will spend hours and hours in that lake now playing with those traffic cones. They won't get bored of them quickly at all, and any kind of toys that are polar bear proofed even though they will destroy them quite quickly, are great toys for them. Eight-year-old Hope the polar bear and her two 20-month-old twin cubs, Nanook and Nori, appeared to be overjoyed with their new cones as they tossed them in the air and dived after them in the water. The bears were relocated to a five-acre habitat at Peak Wildlife Park near Leek back in June. After their previous home, the Orsa Predator Park in Sweden closed down. David Williams, Cabinet Member for Highways and Transport at Staffordshire County Council said, 
These cones were damaged and had come to the end of their usefulness. Rather than throw them away, we jumped at the chance to give them a new lease of life as toys for the polar bears. And as you can see, they love playing with them. Our highways teams work hard and are committed to doing work that benefits their local communities. So this was a great opportunity to do something good for the wildlife park and recycle old materials that would otherwise have been thrown away. Up next, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. It's all yours, Roger. Take it away. Hello again, everyone. Well, here we are with another spot of Did You Knows. So here we go with number one. Now then, did you know that? An octopus has nine brains as well as three hearts and blue blood. They can change colour in seconds as camouflage, though it can be minutes before the total change takes place, together with a change in its texture to complete the deception. And there aren't actually 57 varieties of Heinz products, and there never were. Company founder H.J. Heinz thought his product should have a number, and he liked number 57. And if you want a handy hint, they say that ketchup will come out easier if you hit the bottom of the bottle. Personally, I prefer a squeezy bottle. And who amongst us didn't know that Barbie doll's full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts from Willows in Wisconsin? Her birthday is March the 9th, 1959, which is when she was first displayed at the New York Toy Fair. The heart of the blue whale is the largest animal on Earth. It's five feet long and weighs 400 pounds. The whale in total weighs 40,000 pounds. For comparison, an elephant's heart weighs around 30 pounds and a human heart a mere 10 ounces. And here's a useful life skill for you. If you ever get into a situation where the person next to you is humming tunelessly, just pinch their nose because it's impossible to hum while holding your nose. Go on, I dare you to try it. I don't think I would. And if, like me, you've ever wondered what's inside a Kit Kat, well, the unique feeling loved by millions, including me, is actually broken bits of Kit Kat that are damaged during production. They get ground up and go between the wafers inside, along with cocoa and sugar. That's a good way of not letting anything go to waste, isn't it? And Minnie and Mickey Mouse never married. Well, in real life, the cartoon's official voice actors have. Minnie's current voice actress, Russie Taylor, married Wayne Alwine, who voiced Mickey for 32 years, and they remained married until Alwyn's death in May 2009. So next time you see Mickey and Minnie holding hands and looking lovingly at each other, remember the real-life romance behind those familiar and enduring voices. Oh, what a lovely romantic item to end on this week. I hope it's left you with a nice warm feeling and all dreamy-eyed. So with that, I'll clear off, and I'll probably be humming when you wish upon a star all day long now. That is, if nobody pinches me nose. Any road up, I'll go and have a cup of tea, and I'll really savour me chocky-bicky this week, knowing that it's a Kit Kat all the way through. Till next time then, I'll say bye for now. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra! Now we have to hear what the weather has in store for us. Brought to us, come rain or shine, by our own Sunny Mina. The weather forecast for this week ahead is forecast to remain unsettled with some sunny intervals but plenty of showers. Temperatures are also forecast to be much the same at 18 degrees. Overnight temperatures will also remain comfortable at 9 degrees. 
UV levels are expected to fluctuate between low and medium as we go through the week and see varying spells of sunshine. The sunrise and sunset times are 7.05am for the sunrise and 6.55pm for the sunset. Friday 22nd of September will see a rainy start until midday but plenty of showers but it is forecast to be much brighter and clearer in the afternoon. With a gentle breeze, temperatures are expected to be a little cooler than we have been experiencing at 15 degrees. Moving on and the spell of rain looks set to linger throughout the weekend. There's a chance of the sun making an appearance on Saturday, bringing with it the best chance of some drier spells. With a gentle breeze, temperatures will continue to remain at 18 degrees. On to next week, and the unsettled weather will continue to dominate, with plenty of sharp showers still hanging around with us. It is forecast for the rain to remain in the region on Monday 25th of September. But the forecast does look more promising as we go deeper into the week. The showers are forecast to be persistent on Monday but should ease off as we head into the evening with a chance of some brief sunny intervals breaking through all allowing temperatures to continue to hover around 18 degrees. From Tuesday 26th of September right through to Thursday 28th of September It is expected to remain dry, with temperatures holding up well at 19 degrees. So, that's another mixed bag of rain and sun for the week. And as always, enjoy the weather. Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Now it's time to find out how our local football teams have been getting on. Chalk and cheese, apples and oranges, day and night. Add to that Wolves' first and second half plight. As the second half slump saw Wolves suffer late heartbreak at home to Liverpool as they relinquished a lead to fall to a 3-1 defeat. Wolves responded to any inkling of optimism inside Molyneux ahead of kickoff with a dominating performance right from the get-go. The hosts were much the brighter and particularly willing to attack down the left. Inspired by new signing debutant Jean Rickner Bellegarde and the imperious Pedro Neto. With Molyneux rocking and urging the hosts on, Wolves deservedly took the lead after just seven minutes when Huang He Chan finished off a sublime solo run from Neto. The number seven, currently the leading light in the Premier League with the most chances created by any player so far this season. Wolves continue to impress, harrying and pressing Liverpool into submission. They continue to see more of the ball and had some glorious chances to extend their lead, which they again failed to convert when they really should have scored. Despite their continued profligacy, Wolves were good value for their lead as they entered the break 1-0 up but would they come to rue those missed chances? Unfortunately and unsurprisingly so. As Liverpool dominated the opening moment of the second half, it was a flip of the first half, with Liverpool now penning Wolves back. The visitors continued to dictate play and eventually found their equaliser just 10 minutes into the second half. Wolves' drop-off from their first half performance was alarming. Head coach Gary O'Neill tried to invigorate some impetus with a host of changes. But the pattern remained and Wolves were struggling to get out of their own half, let alone create some goal-scoring opportunities. With the game locked at 1-1 and Wolves hanging on, Liverpool's pressure finally came off in the 85th minute when they took the lead. Goalkeeper José Sarr did not cover himself in glory, initially giving away possession with a poor long kick in the build-up to the goal, then allowing the ball to squirm under him at his near post. 
To add more pain to Wolves' defeat, substitute Juego Bueno was credited with an own goal to make it 3-1 in added time and make it four losses from the opening five league games. A magnificent first-half performance from Wolves was followed by a fairly dismal second in which Gary O'Neill's side sat back and invited pressure. But where did it go wrong? The head coach bemoaned José Sarr's moment of madness and admitted he is trying to coach his side out of unpredictable and erratic errors. He added, If you look at the two sides and the gap in quality between us and Liverpool, it takes a big effort to close that. I thought we did for a very long time. I thought the organisation, the structure, the quality the players showed managed to help us bridge that gap. Still lots to be done, but if there are positives to be taken in a 3-1 defeat, there were. And it was a similar story down in the southwest where it ended all square at Ashton Gate as Albion and Bristol City played out an entertaining goalless draw. In what was a quiet opening 20 minutes, Albion enjoyed most of the ball but were disappointing, lacking any cutting edge or guile and carrying little threat as Corberon's side were careless in possession. Baggy's efforts going forward were at a premium. It was a disappointing first half for Albion who needed to improve after the break. And they did. They upped the tempo after the interval and for the first time in the match they kept the home side under some consistent pressure. Carlos Corberan's side were vastly improved with Josh Meyer making a real impact coming on just after the 60 minute mark. And they could have led when John Swift's header hit the bar 10 minutes from time. Baggies had pushed for the majority of the half, but they had goalkeeper Alex Palmer to thank for their point after he produced a stunning save right at the death. Both sides had their chances to snatch all three points in a clash that could quite easily have finished 2-2 but it ended goalless with the Baggies keeping their first clean sheet of the season. Speaking after the game, head coach Carlos Corberan focused on the first half frailties. He said it's true that in the first half it took 45 minutes for us to adapt to the needs of the game, to understand which passes we needed to avoid their press and which passes to help us to put the ball into the attacking half. But he went on to insist he was pleased with the positive performance of the team in the first half. Now, here come the quiz answers, and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question 1. How many brains does an octopus have? And the answer is 9. Question 2. What is Barbie's full name? And the answer is Barbara Millicent. Roberts. Question 3. How heavy is a blue whale's heart? And the answer is 400 pounds. Question 4. What is impossible to do if you hold your nose? And the answer you can't hum. Question 5. What is the filling inside of Kit Kat made from? And the answer, it's made from broken bits of Kit Kat. And finally, question six. Why are Heinz 
57 products so called? And the answer, because the founder liked the number 57. Did you get them all right? If not, not to worry, as I will be back next week to test you once again. Bye for now. Want to know how to get ahead in the garden this coming season? Here's some tips from the experts at MK Pulse magazine. TNF Soundings. Features from across the UK. This is Jan with some seasonal tips and ideas from the gardening expert at the MK Pulse magazine, based in Milton Keynes. Prepare in autumn for a better spring. Somehow it's almost October again. How has that happened? It feels like we've dashed straight from spring to autumn, sidestepping summer altogether. But you won't be able to sidestep those gardening jobs. Instead, October is the time of year when you get to do as a bee and buzz around the garden in a busy fashion. This month you'll wind down the grass mowing, but when you've given your lawn its final trim for the year, spend a little time examining the mower before retiring it for the winter. Maintenance is key, so check the blades and give it a good clean. Get things straight now and you'll have no unpleasant surprises in the spring. If you have a greenhouse... Cleaning its panes will help your plants to find as much of the reducing sunlight that is still straining through. And bubble wrap is a fine way to increase insulation to combat falling temperatures. Do check any plants that you bring into the greenhouse for pests though. They might love a cosy greenhouse at this time of year, but you definitely won't love the results of their stay. The bare root planting season is also approaching and it's a cost-effective way of purchasing fruit trees and shrubs. Simply, bare root means the tree has been dug up from the ground and will be sold with no soil around its roots, meaning it can be easily planted once you take delivery. Hoses and drip feed systems have done their job for the year, but if you leave them laying out, they will split in the cold weather and you'll be paying to replace them. So get tidying and store them away now. At a time when there's lots of cutting back, weeding and sweeping of leaves to be done, it is still nice to look forward to next year's first blooms. And spring bedding plants like wallflowers are a great bet to turn drear to cheer. Hardy and pretty, plant them out now and they will smile at you in early spring. And what about indoor planting? Well, amaryllis make for truly striking features in any house. And if you plant now, you'll have a fabulous centrepiece in time for Christmas. The flowers, which have their roots in the subtropical regions of the Americas, will bloom within six to eight weeks after setting. Just keep the pot free from drafts and direct sunlight. And it's worth reminding you that our canines and kitties don't get on with these dramatic blooms, which can cause vomiting, diarrhoea, loss of appetite and lethargy. The bulb is the most toxic part, but you'll want to keep Rover and Tiddles away from the plant altogether. Safety first for our furries. So how does your garden grow? September is here and school is back. It's a new start and the soil is warmer than in April and the days just as long. We will be sowing lettuce all the year round, a hardy outdoors variety, on the plots, but I will have raised some in modules in the greenhouse. Broad beans and peas will be sown, aquadulce, claudia and meteor are hardy varieties and will be ready for picking in spring. The peas will be covered with cloches to give protection from pigeons and frost. A couple of rows of garlic and onions will be set. Pot-grown runners will be used to start a new strawberry patch on one of the raised beds. This is a good time to propagate many plants from cuttings, taken whilst tidying up the borders. I will focus on box, 
Euonymus, Forsythia, Fuchsia, Hydrangea, Lavender, Salvia and Teucrium, which have all grown well this summer. Taking new growth stems up to 15 centimetres at 6 inches, cutting below a leaf joint and using a 50-50 mix of potting compost and grit or perlite. Pot them up as soon as possible. After a dry summer and a no-mow May, the lawn is in a sorry state. A firm raking, levelling and reseeding should improve this important area of the garden scene. DNF Soundings So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV46AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us, stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!